Chapter Seven of the Legends of King Arthur and His Knights by James Knowles. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Seven: King Arthur and Sir Accolon of Gaul. Being now happily married, King Arthur for a season took his pleasure with great tournaments and jousts and huntings. So once upon a time the king and many of his knights rode hunting in a forest and arthur king uriens and sir accolon of gaul followed after a great hart and being all three well mounted they chased so fast that they outsped their company and left them many miles behind but riding still as rapidly as they could go at length their horses fell dead under them then being all three on foot and seeing the stag not far before them very weary and nigh spent what shall we do said king arthur for we are hard bested let us go on afoot said king uriens till we can find some lodging at that they saw the stag lying upon the bank of a great lake with a hound springing at his throat and many other hounds trooping towards him so running forward arthur blew the death-note on his horn and slew the hart then lifting up his eyes he saw before him on the lake a barge all draped down to the water's edge with silken folds and curtains which swiftly came toward him and touched upon the sands but when he went up close and looked in he saw no earthly creature then he cried out to his companions sirs come ye hither and let us see what there is in this ship so they all three went in and found it everywhere throughout furnished and hung with rich draperies of silk and gold by this time eventide had come when suddenly a hundred torches were set up on all sides of the barge and gave a dazzling light and at the same time came forth twelve fair damsels and saluted king arthur by his name kneeling on their knees and telling him that he was welcome and should have their noblest cheer for which the king thanked them courteously then did they lead him and his fellows to a splendid chamber where was a table spread with all the richest furniture and costliest wines and viands and there they served them with all kinds of wines and meats till arthur wondered at the splendour of the feast declaring that he had never in his life supped better or more royally after supper they led him to another chamber than which he had never beheld a richer where he was left to rest King Uriens also, and Sir Accolon were each conducted into rooms of like magnificence. And so they all three fell asleep, and being very weary, slept deeply all that night. But when the morning broke, King Uriens found himself in his own house in Camelot, he knew not how, and Arthur, awaking, found himself in a dark dungeon, and heard around him nothing but the groans of woeful knights, prisoners like himself then said king arthur who are ye thus groaning and complaining and somewhat answered him alas we be all prisoners even twenty good knights and some of us have lain here seven years some more nor seen the light of day for all that time for what cause said king arthur know ye not then yourself they answered we will soon tell you the lord of this strong castle is sir damas and is the falsest and most traitorous knight that liveth and he hath a younger brother a good and noble knight whose name is outslake 
this traitor damas although passing rich will give his brother nothing of his wealth and save what outslake keepeth himself by force he hath no share of the inheritance he owneth nevertheless one fair rich manor whereupon he liveth loved of all men far and near but damas is as altogether hated as his brother is beloved for he is merciless and cowardly and now for many years there hath been war between these brothers and sir outslake evermore defieth damas to come forth and fight with him body to body for the inheritance and if he be too cowardly to find some champion knight that will fight for him and damas hath agreed to find some champion but never yet hath found a knight to take his evil cause in hand or wager battle for him so with a strong band of men-at-arms he lieth ever in ambush and taketh captive every passing knight who may unwarily go near and bringeth him into this castle and desireth him either to fight sir outslake or to lie forevermore in durance and thus hath he dealt with all of us for we all scorn to take up such a cause for such a false foul knight but rather one by one came here where many a good knight hath died of hunger and disease but if one of us would fight sir damas would deliver all the rest god of his mercy send you deliverance said king arthur and sat turning in his mind how all these things should end and how he might himself gain freedom for so many noble hearts anon there came a damsel to the king saying sir if thou wilt fight for my lord thou shalt be delivered out of prison but else nevermore shalt thou escape with thy life nay said king arthur that is but a hard choice yet had i rather fight than die in prison and if i may deliver not myself alone but all these others i will do the battle yea said the damsel it shall be even so then said king arthur i am ready now if but i had a horse and armour fear not said she that shalt thou have presently and shalt lack nothing proper for the fight have i not seen thee said the king at king arthur's court for it seemeth that thy face is known to me nay said the damsel i was never there i am sir damas's daughter and have never been but a day's journey from this castle but she spoke falsely for she was one of the damsels of morgan le fay the great enchantress who was king arthur's half-sister when sir damas knew that there had been at length a knight found who would fight for him he sent for arthur and finding him a man so tall and strong and straight of limb he was passingly well pleased and made a covenant with him that he should fight unto the uttermost for his cause and that all the other knights should be delivered and when they were sworn to each other on the holy gospels all those imprisoned knights were straightway led forth and delivered but abode there one and all to see the battle in the meanwhile there had happened to sir accolon of gaul a strange adventure for when he awoke from his deep sleep upon the silken barge he found himself upon the edge of a deep well and in instant peril of falling therein too 
whereat leaping up in great affright he crossed himself and cried aloud may god preserve my lord king arthur and king uriens for those damsels in the ship have betrayed us and were doubtless devils and no women and if i may escape this misadventure i will certainly destroy them wheresoever i may find them with that there came to him a dwarf with a great mouth and a flat nose and saluted him saying that he came from queen morgan le fay and she greeteth you well said he and biddeth you to be strong of heart for to-morrow you shall do battle with a strange knight and therefore she hath sent you here excalibur king arthur's sword and the scabbard likewise and she desireth you as you do love her to fight this battle to the uttermost and without any mercy as you have promised her you would fight when she should require it of you and she will make a rich queen for ever of any damsel that shall bring her that knight's head with whom you are to fight well said sir accolon tell you my lady queen morgan that i shall hold to that i promised her now that i have this sword and said he i suppose it was to bring about this battle that she made all these enchantments by her craft you have guessed rightly said the dwarf and therewithal he left him then there came a knight and lady and six squires to sir accolon and took him to a manor-house hard by and gave him noble cheer and the house belonged to sir outslake the brother of sir damas for so had morgan le fay contrived with her enchantments now sir outslake himself was at that time sorely wounded and disabled having been pierced through both his thighs by a spear-thrust when therefore sir damas sent down messengers to his brother bidding him make ready by to-morrow morning and be in the field to fight with a good knight for that he had found a champion ready to do battle at all points sir outslake was sorely annoyed and distressed for he knew he had small chance of victory while yet he was disabled by his wounds notwithstanding he determined to take the battle in hand although he was so weak that he must needs be lifted to his saddle but when sir accolon of gaul heard this he sent a message to sir outslake offering to take the battle in his stead which cheered sir outslake mightily who thanked sir accolon with all his heart and joyfully accepted him so on the morrow king arthur was armed and well horsed and asked sir damas when shall we go to the field sir said sir damas you shall first hear mass and when mass was done there came a squire on a great horse and asked sir damas if his knight were ready for our knight is already in the field then king arthur mounted on horseback and there around were all the knights and barons and the people of the country and twelve of them were chosen to wait upon the two knights who were about to fight and as king arthur sat on horseback there came a damsel from morgan le fay and brought him a sword made like excalibur and a scabbard also and said to him morgan le fay sendeth you here your sword for her great love's sake and the king thanked her and believed it to be as she had said but she traitorously deceived him for both sword and scabbard were counterfeit brittle and false and the true sword excalibur was in the hands of sir accolon 
then at the sound of a trumpet the champions set themselves on opposite sides of the field and giving rein and spur to their horses urged them to so great a speed that each smiting the other in the middle of the shield rolled his opponent to the ground both horse and man then starting up immediately both drew their swords and rushed swiftly together and so they fell to eagerly and gave each other many great and mighty strokes and as they were thus fighting the damsel vivian lady of the lake who loved king arthur came upon the ground for she knew by her enchantments how morgan le fay had craftily devised to have king arthur slain by his own sword that day and therefore came to save his life and arthur and sir accolon were now grown hot against each other and spared not strength nor fury in their fierce assaults but the king's sword gave way continually before sir accolon's so that at every stroke he was sore wounded and his blood ran from him so fast that it was a marvel he could stand when king arthur saw the ground so sore beblooded he bethought him in dismay that there was magic treason worked upon him and that his own true sword was exchanged for it seemed to him that the sword in sir accolon's hand was excalibur for fearfully it drew his blood at every blow while what he held himself kept no sharp edge nor fell with any force upon his foe now knight look to thyself and keep thee well from me cried out sir accolon but king arthur answered not and gave him such a buffet on the helm as made him stagger and nigh fall to the ground then sir accolon withdrew a little and came on with excalibur on high and smote king arthur in return with such a mighty stroke as almost felled him and both being now in hottest wrath they gave each other grievous and savage blows but arthur all the time was losing so much blood that scarcely could he keep upon his feet yet so full was he of knighthood that knightly he endured the pain and still sustained himself though now he was so feeble that he thought himself about to die sir accolon as yet had lost no drop of blood and being very bold and confident in excalibur even grew more vigorous and hasty in his assaults but all men who beheld them said they never saw a knight fight half so well as did king arthur and all the people were so grieved for him that they besought sir damas and sir outslake to make up their quarrel and so stay the fight but they would not so still the battle raged till arthur drew back for breath and a few moments rest but accolon came on after him following fiercely and crying loud it is no time for me to suffer thee to rest and therefore set upon him then arthur full of scorn and rage lifted up his sword and struck sir accolon upon the helm so mightily that he drove him to his knees but with the force of that great stroke his brittle treacherous sword broke short off at the hilt and fell down in the grass among the blood leaving the pommel only in his hand at that king arthur thought within himself that all was over and secretly prepared his mind for death yet kept himself so knightly sheltered by his shield that he lost no ground and made as though he had yet hope and cheer then said sir accolon sir knight 
thou now art overcome and canst endure no longer seeing thou art weaponless and hast lost already so much blood yet i am fully loath to slay thee yield then therefore to me as recreant nay said king arthur that may i not for i have promised to do battle to the uttermost by the faith of my body while my life lasteth and i had rather die with honour than live with shame and if it were possible for me to die an hundred times i had rather die as often than yield me to thee for though i lack weapons i shall lack no worship and that shall be to thy shame to slay me weaponless ha <laughs> shouted then sir accolon as for the shame i will not spare look to thyself sir knight for thou art even now but a dead man therewith he drove at him with pitiless force and struck him nearly down but arthur evermore waxing in valour as he waned in blood pressed on sir accolon with his shield and hit at him so fiercely with the pommel in his hand as hurled him three strides backwards thus therefore so confused sir accolon that rushing up all dizzy to deliver once again a furious blow even as he struck excalibur by vivian's magic fell from out his hands upon the earth beholding which king arthur lightly sprang to it and grasped it and forthwith felt it was his own good sword and said to it thou hast been from me all too long and done me too much damage then spying the scabbard hanging by sir accolon's side he sprang and pulled it from him and cast it away as far as he could throw it for so long as he had worn it arthur knew his life would have been kept secure o knight then said the king thou hast this day wrought me much damage by this sword but now art thou come to thy death for i shall not warrant thee but that thou shalt suffer ere we part somewhat of thou hast made me suffer and therewithal king arthur flew at him with all his might and pulled him to the earth and then struck off his helm and gave him on the head a fearful buffet till the blood leaped forth now i will slay thee cried king arthur for his heart was hardened and his body all on fire with fever till for a moment he forgot his knightly mercy slay me thou mayest said sir accolon for thou art the best knight i ever found and i see well that god is with thee and i as thou hast have promised to fight this battle to the uttermost and never to be recreant while i live therefore shall i never yield me with my mouth and god must do with my body what he will and as sir accolon spoke king arthur thought he knew his voice and parting all his blood-stained hair from out his eyes and leaning down toward him saw indeed it was his friend and own true knight then said he keeping his own visor down i pray thee tell me of what country art thou and what court sir knight he answered i am of king arthur's court and my name is sir accolon of gaul then said the king o sir knight i pray thee tell me who gave thee this sword and from whom thou hadst it then said sir accolon woe worth this sword for by it i have gotten my death this sword hath been in my keeping now for almost twelve months and yesterday queen morgan le fay wife of king uriens sent it to me by a dwarf 
that therefore i might in some way slay her brother king arthur for thou must understand that king arthur is the man she hateth most in all the world being full of envy and jealousy because he is of greater worship and renown than any other of her blood she loveth me also as much as she doth hate him and if she might contrive to slay king arthur by her craft and magic then would she straightway kill her husband also and make me king of all this land and herself my queen to reign with me but now said he all that is over for this day i am come to my death it would have been sore treason of thee to destroy thy lord said arthur thou sayest truly answered he but now that i have told thee and openly confessed to thee all that foul treason whereof i now do bitterly repent tell me i pray thee whence art thou and of what court o oh, sir accolon said king arthur learn that i am myself king arthur when sir accolon heard this he cried aloud alas my gracious lord have mercy on me for i knew thee not thou shalt have mercy said he for thou knewest not my person at this time and though by thine own confession thou art a traitor yet do i blame thee less because thou hast been blinded by the false crafts of my sister morgan le fay whom i have trusted more than all others of my kin and whom i now shall know well how to punish then did sir accolon cry loudly o lords and all good people this noble knight that i have fought with is the noblest and most worshipful in all the world for it is king arthur our liege lord and sovereign king and full sorely i repent that i have ever lifted lance against him though in ignorance i did it then all the people fell down on their knees and prayed the pardon of the king for suffering him to come to such a strait but he replied pardon ye cannot have for truly ye have nothing sinned but here ye see what ill adventure may oft-times befall knights errant for to my own hurt and his danger also i have fought with one of my own knights then the king commanded sir damas to surrender to his brother the whole manor sir outslake only yielding him a palfrey every year for said he scornfully it would become thee better than to ride upon a courser then ordered damas upon pain of death never again to touch or to distress knights errant riding on their adventures and also to make full compensation and satisfaction to the twenty knights whom he had held in prison and if any of them said the king come to my court complaining that he hath not had full satisfaction of thee for his injuries by my head thou shalt die therefore afterward king arthur asked sir outslake to come with him to his court where he should become a knight of his and if his deeds were noble be advanced to all he might desire so then he took his leave of all the people and mounted upon horseback and sir accolon went with him to an abbey hard by where both their wounds were dressed but sir accolon died within four days after and when he was dead the king sent his body to queen morgan to camelot saying that he sent her a present in return for the sword excalibur which she had sent him by the damsel 
so on the morrow there came a damsel from queen morgan to the king and brought with her the richest mantle that ever was seen for it was set as full of precious stones as they could stand against each other and they were the richest stones that ever the king saw and the damsel said your sister sendeth you this mantle and prayeth you to take her gift and in whatsoever thing she hath offended you she will amend it at your pleasure to this the king replied not although the mantle pleased him much with that came in the lady of the lake and said sir put not on this mantle till thou hast seen more and in no wise let it be put upon thee or any of thy knights till ye have made the bringer of it first put it on her it shall be done as thou dost counsel said the king then said he to the damsel that came from his sister damsel i would see this mantle ye have brought me upon yourself sir said she it will not beseem me to wear a knight's garment by my head said king arthur thou shalt wear it ere it go on any other person's back and so they put it on her by force and forthwith the garment burst into a flame and burned the damsel into cinders when the king saw that he hated that false witch morgan le fay with all his heart and evermore was deadly quarrel between her and arthur to their lives end end of chapter seven recording by thomas rose